Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Right now we go to the Holland and welcome to the show for the very first time. This is one of the most lovely women and a lady that the New York Times called one of the 20th century's most influential people in fashion. This is... Beverly Johnson. Miss Johnson, how are you, Pumpkin? Oh, I'm fine. How are you, Mike? Uh, I am great. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. I, I was reading, uh, I think that is one of the most flattering things that the New York Times named you one of the 20th century's most influential people in fashion, but really, it is it is probably just one of the most influential people of that century. Once you were on the cover of that Vogue magazine, being the first African-American to be on the cover, that opened the door for African-American women in fashion and television and everything, correct? Yes, and, and, and it also, you know, let people right around the world uh, acknowledge uh, and be identified as being beautiful in mainstream America. And, and I would imagine that that did more for, like I watched that James Brown documentary that they had, and I had no idea, but my intro to James Brown was, Crazy James Brown. In my in my age, he was already uh, seemed like he had you know I'm, I'm forty years forty four years old. In my mind, when he first came out, it was Eddie Murphy making fun of him, and then he did all the crazy talking and the Saturday Night Live skits. So I just thought he was nuts. But when I watched that documentary, I saw how what an influence he had on African American men around the world, and how much he used his fame to help them out. And I would imagine that's a very similar situation for you. What you must have done for young black girls everywhere. Yes, yes, yes. Stay loud. I'm black and I'm proud. James Brown. But anyway, so you were three years old when I was on that cover. Uh, yeah, but don't think don't think we didn't spend some time together in my teen years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, yes, it, it was really powerful. You know, for for a 22 year old young lady, I thought you know being on the cover of Vogue is every mother's dream, and I thought it was time to party. And then when I found out about the responsibility of being the first woman of color on the cover, you know, it, it you know, it took me on a different journey. Yeah, I would imagine that probably doesn't sink into you're a little bit older. You say party, boy, that was the that was the time, right? Were you all up at Studio Fifty Four every weekend and all that stuff? Well, when you read the book, you know, the face that, that changed it all. You'll you'll, you'll have my little Studio Fifty Four. Um, uh, moment in the book, and so I won't give it all away, but it lasted three days. I, oh, really? Wow. <laughs> That's the way to go. That's the way to go. Yeah. I missed that whole error. I think my mom went to Studio 54 a couple of times. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. But I want. I wish I had those memories. I want to wake up three days later, and there's a horse, and I have no idea what happened before that. Exactly. And, you know, people are really fascinated about that era. And my, my memoirs, The Face That Changed It All, covers just that. You know, my childhood, and then we get right into the 70s and then the 80s. And I was really surprised at how much I remembered because I lost a lot of brain cells in those in those <laughs> decades. But, um, you know, I, I have some fun, you know, during that time and, you know, as you know, a fashion model going all over the world. But also I had some really, you know, challenges, you know, personal challenges, you know, growing up and, you know, 
getting married and then getting married again. And, 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 and so I, I think it goes, it, it's a very interesting page turner read. Yeah. Like, like, like some uh, models and stories that you hear you went through, uh, eating disorders. There was that through, uh, pressure to be, you know, the skinniest and best model is that, or was that something that happened younger as a child? No, well, that was a requirement. No, as a child, I was normal. You know, I was a swimmer. I swam competitively, you know, in school, wanted to be a lawyer. You know, it took me down another road. You know, I, my father was making $100 a week, and I had an opportunity to make $100 an hour. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't a hard decision. But the eating disorders, basically, you know, as a model, like I guess as a football player, you need muscles. You know, as a model, you need nothing but fat and bones. Right. And basically, you know... It, it you know it takes you down some harrowing um, path to to not only obtain being very thin but to maintain it for for me over the decades. The the book is called The Face to Change It All, a memoir. It's Beverly Johnson. You can get information at beverlyjohnson.com. The book is available in stores now. Uh, did you have? I would imagine at that time. So let's say like the height of it uh, in the mid seventies. Who is the hottest? The hottest uh, actors, like was uh, like Billy D. Williams. Did you, you ever hook up with him? Well, I know I never I never hooked up with him. But what happened was I had a chance to, you know, go to Hollywood and you know Robert Evans of you know the, the you know the great director, yeah. Warren Beatty, you know that's where the the shampoo came in, and then Dustin Hoffman and Jack Nichol Nicholson. You know, it was it was like it was a great era um and and the movie stars were really you know movie stars back then in the sense of all this charisma and charms and i tell a lot of those stories you know mike tyson's story arthur you got to read the book arthur ash oh, well you know, give me give, give me uh with, with those actors that you named did you have relationships with those guys i'm not going to tell you, you have to read the book. Well, <laughs> oh my god beverly give me one give me a little taste of something well at the end i give you a little taste of mr big uh, Chris knows, but you know you got to get the book. Really? Really? Yeah. He gets you? Oh, he didn't get. He didn't get me. Oh no, I got him. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I, I, uh, wow, good for him. That's good. Yeah, I, yeah that guy. He gets. Uh, he's got a good track record. Uh, this is uh, Beverly Johnson, and of course. Uh, you know, the, the Bill Cosby uh, stuff that you've been very outspoken about. I, I have to ask you about that. And I, I, I want to start off by asking you, are you aware of the comments that uh, Damon Wayans has made? Uh, no. Well, I read something, but... Uh, well, let me give you, I'll give you the, the heads up. I, we had Damon on the show six months ago, maybe. Yeah. He was coming to town. And I was about to do the interview, and they said, hey, no Bill Cosby questions. And it really had just come to surface pretty strong about that time and I almost canceled the interview and I thought how are you how do you are going to be a black comedian who's once claimed that Bill Cosby is such a big influence and not bother to but I ended up doing it and we didn't bring it up and it was a good interview anyway but then uh, he, he said something very offensive in a radio show yesterday he actually uh, was talking about the uh, alleged victims and even called some of them unrapeable and then went on to blame some of the women because if they hadn't, in fact, taken a pill from Mr. Cosby, in his eyes, that it was their fault. And anything that happened after that uh, was because they had agreed to take the drugs. And I'm sure you strongly disagree with that. Well, I mean, I mean, I, 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 what I agree with is that everyone should have their opinion and, and he's, he has a right to his opinion. And and for me, 
um, there there is a chapter in my book on Cosby. I started my memoirs in 2013, and I had finally, you know, talked about this encounter that I had where um, Cosby drugged me. Right. And uh, we handed it into the editors, and um, they didn't want the chapter. You know, there was too much legal liability. And it wasn't only until after, um, you know, all of the women, Barbara Bowen and, and, and all these amazing, courageous women came out, and then I decided could, I could not sit by the sidelines any longer. I decided to do my article for Vanity Fair, which I didn't know was going to, you know, be this big right. blow up about it. And then I got a call from my editor saying that they did indeed want to, want to include that chapter. And what that says to me is that that's exactly what's been happening all along, is that we weren't being heard. Well, we weren't being heard. Even if we, even if we did come forward, you know, the police didn't want to take the report, you know. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, of... It would have been abnormal if women had to come forward. Normally, it, it, those kind of incidents... Um, you keep to yourself. Sure. As you know why, now we know why. Look, right. Look what happened, look at the criticisms and, you know, and the um, people being re-victimized. Especially if you would have said something in the in the 80s or in the 70s, there would have been no way that he was such a huge star that they totally would have shut you down. What do you, what do you think is going to happen to him, if anything, and what would you like to see happen at this point? Well, you know, I, I, I'm going to leave that to the justice system. And and for me, I don't want anything. And I basically came out and told about my incident because it was so familiar with the other women's stories. And and my conscience and my principles wouldn't let me be quiet. Um, and so I I don't, you know, I I, I forgive him. I, you know, I, you do. If you saw him today, you would be nice to him. Uh, nice. I, 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 I wouldn't see him, but he would be standing there, but I wouldn't see him. But, but what I'm saying is that I think that what's happened is that he's the lightning rod for this bigger conversation that we needed to have. Yeah. That's rape culture in America. And so there is a lot of good that's coming out of this really horrific um, uh, situation that we have going Well, on. you can read about it and all the other great stories at, uh, in the book, a Face that Changed, The Face That Changed It All, a memoir by the lovely Beverly Johnson. Thank you for coming on the air today, and good luck with the book. Thank you so much, Mike. All right, everybody, there you go. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.